0: Hi, everybody. I'm Heather, and Trish and I are back with our summer series podcast, and today Trish is going to talk about how to increase and improve the quality of protein you consume. But first a little about us. Trish and I are two fit models with near identical size six body measurements and we've been paid to maintain those exact measurements under contract for a span of 20 plus years. We're writing a book called paid to be perfect to share what we've learned over those 20 plus years in an effort to help you find your own version of perfect. We hope our book will be out later this year but in the meantime, we're sharing what works for us right now. So Trish, please share with everyone how we can all increase and improve the quality of protein we consume.
1: Hi, everybody. I'm excited about this topic today, but first I wanted to start by saying I'm not a nutritionist. The information I share is what I've learned over the span of 20 plus years as a fit model and what I implement in my life to help me maintain my exact body measurements to maintain my employment as a fit model
0: hundred percent. I'm not a nutritionist either. This is all information that we're giving you because we have lived this. We have had to keep our body measurements exactly the same for 20 years plus. And, uh, so yeah, this is just our life lived and we're sharing um, all those tips with you.
1: Yeah, and I honestly think that uh, what we share has a lot of value, even though we aren't a nutritionist or a doctor or a nurse, because we don't just talk the talk, we actually walk the walk.
0: Well, and we have the measurements too. In our history, we have a whole (laughs) sheet, a whole chart um, that shows that we've, you know, maintained the measurements. (laughs) Yes, Exactly. So in
1: saying that, I still thought it would be helpful to give you a little science about protein content that nutritionists actually follow before I dive into my own recommendations. So the American Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics recommends that the average individual should consume 0.35 grams of protein per pound of body weight per day for general health. Therefore, a 140-pound woman would need roughly 50 grams of protein per day. For general health, while I'm I am a meat eater, and today largely discussing animal-based protein options, I'm also a big proponent of including plant-based proteins as much as possible into your nutrition. Heather will be sharing more next week, specifically on the topic of plant-based proteins, which is why I won't be die. You won't hear me diving deep into that topic today. That said, there are both healthy and unhealthy choices within both buckets of animal-based proteins and plant-based protein options. My goal in this podcast is to help you increase and improve on the quality of animal protein products you consume. Heather will be discussing next week how to improve on the quality of plant-based proteins in your diet. Let me start by sharing some practical protein equivalents in common foods that you may, may or may not have in your nutrition to help you determine if you are meeting your daily protein equivalent. So remember at the top of this podcast, we talked about 0.35 grams of protein per pound of body weight. So you can do your um, calculation and then listen to some of these protein equivalents to see if you're roughly meeting that estimate. So one cup of cow's milk has roughly 8 grams of protein a cup of soy milk seven grams of protein one egg six grams of protein a four ounce portion of animal protein 22 grams of protein a same four ounce portion of tempeh has 28 grams of protein a half cup of dry beans has about eight grams of protein edamame 12 grams per cup a six ounce container of greek yogurt 17 grams of protein Some vegetables have protein Um, on the top end, five grams for a cup of spinach or kale and four grams for mushrooms, nuts and seeds too with hemp seeds at the top of that bucket with 10 grams per ounce, almonds, six grams per ounce, chia seeds, five grams per ounce. Whole grains also have protein, whole oats have three grams for half cup, quinoa has four grams for half cup. So those are just some rough uh, protein equivalents, kind of you can do the calculation to see if you're close. Now that you have an idea of how much protein you need and some rough protein equivalents in common foods, let's dive into some healthy and unhealthy animal-based protein options. Remember, again, Heather will be sharing next week on healthy and unhealthy plant-based protein options. Uh, Healthier protein options for meat eaters, boneless and skinless chicken or turkey breast, fish of all kinds, 93% lean or greater ground chicken or turkey, 95% lean or greater red meat, uh, pork tenderloin, and as much as possible, choose organic free-range meats, both for the health of the meat you're consuming, but also the health of our planet and the more humane treatment of the animal. Healthier options for meat eaters and vegetarians, because vegetarians still eat animal products, just not the meat of the animal. Um, so these would be eggs, 1% Greek yogurt, 2% plain kefir, uh, light ricotta cheese, 2% cottage cheese. Uh, and also you could do like a clean whey protein shake powder or a plant-based protein chow, uh, shake powder. Now to transition and talk a little bit about unhealthy animal-based proteins. So these are proteins um, options to minimize as a daily habit choice or delete from your nutrition altogether. So these are things like high and saturated animal, um, high and saturated fats um, and animal meats, uh, highly processed meats like sausages, most deli meats, uh, because they have additives, fillers, excessive sodium, and Um, And also overly processed dairy products, um, like some yogurts and cottage cheese products. Believe me, not all yogurts and cottage cheese products are created equal. The next time you're at the store, look at the Daisy brand cottage cheese in comparison to the store brand cottage cheese. Daisy has three ingredients, milk, salt, and vitamin A, whereas the store brand has a full three lines of ingredients, most of which you can't pronounce,
0: never a good sign. Well, we're also doing an ingredient podcast mm-hmm. uh, eventually too, and we'll get into all that uh, yes. when we talk about that. Yeah, ingredients, it's so important to look at the ingredient labels. Yes.
1: Yeah, so checking the ingredient lab- label on processed animal products is always a good idea, and as Heather mentioned, we, we are going to be talking more on that. But in general, you are looking to ensure that there are not artificial additives, preservatives, and that the sodium level is reasonable.
0: What is a reasonable amount of sodium in a processed manufactured food?
1: Well, the American Heart Association actually recommends roughly 1500 milligrams of sodium a day. Now, you can have slightly more if you don't have any health concerns and recommended slightly less if you have a heart condition. The problem is that some frozen and processed animal proteins have nearly a day's worth of sodium in one portion. Yeah, crazy. (laughs) So basically what I recommend is that you just eat fresh whenever possible. And then on the rare occasion that you have to eat a processed product, it won't be as big of a deal to your overall health.
0: So if someone is struggling to reach their total amount of protein in their day, how would you recommend they increase their protein without consuming a processed product?
1: Well, my my personal recommendation is to just start early in the day. Start with breakfast. Mm -hmm. Um, Eggs are a perfect option for breakfast. I have two eggs every morning folded omelet style on top of a piece of my favorite Dave's killer bread. You could also have eggs that are hard boiled and already in the fridge ready to go or even make a batch of mini veggie omelets in a muffin pan. I love to make that, put a, just stuff the muffin pan with uh, whatever kind of dark leafy green or broccoli or whatever kind of vegetable you like. And you put a little cheese and just whip up an egg and put it right into the muffin pan. And then you can have two of those that you can just warm up and heat on the go or, or take to work with you. You could also do a clean yogurt that's less processed, lower in sugar, a clean protein shake for breakfast, or even overnight oats in little pint-sized mason jars for an on-the-go option. For snacks, I often do veggies and hummus or a clean yogurt, both of which are providing protein. Um, Some healthy lunch or dinner ideas that I make frequently for myself and my family are lean ground turkey taco meat that we um, that, that I make with my homemade taco seasoning for burritos or tacos. We often do a lean ground turkey chili. I also love a good salad with grilled chicken or salmon on top. Uh, I love to make a, this really nice. I have this really simple recipe for an almond crusted chicken breast and I like to make a whole lot of it and then I'll save it in the fridge for a meal but a night or two later uh, where I just take that almond-crusted chicken breast, and basically put a little pasta sauce and a little bit of Parmesan cheese on top, and voila, it's chicken Parmesan. (laughs) That's my little mom's secret. I also encourage you to try different types of cooking methods. I like to use the grill for lean proteins and veggies. I love to roast chicken and veggies in one pan in the oven. Uh, Soups and stews are my go-to in the fall and winter months. Um, There's so many healthy combinations. My family really enjoys a homemade chicken noodle soup. This is how I kind of my kids love pasta. You know, what kid doesn't, I'm not a big proponent of a big plate of pasta. So that's how I uh, incorporate pasta. I'll put it in a, a super stew with a, some good chicken and vegetables. And speaking of vegetables, one of my favorite dishes in the fall is a loaded veggie soup that I just add beans or beans and rice to, or chicken to, for, uh, to add a little bit of protein. Um, but that, those are my recommendations. I hope that helps you. My hope is that this podcast has provided you with information to help you increase and, and improve on the quality of protein you consume. Uh, meat eaters, please stay tuned for next week's podcast that Heather will be um, talking about. She'll be talking more in depth on those plant-based proteins. Because while I'm a meat eater, I do see the value in incorporating plant-based proteins into our nutrition as much as possible. And I know you agree.
0: A hundred percent. Well, you know, as far as dairy goes, um, I love dairy. I just, you know, the older I get, the less I digest it well. Uh. So my son actually, you know, eats, a lot. I may get scrambled eggs for Luke. He eats hard boiled eggs all the time. You know, he eats way more cheese than I do. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I do have to pay attention to those, uh, more healthy organic, uh, forms of dairy protein for him, yeah. um, in the animal world, but, uh. Yeah, that's about all the animal stuff I make. (laughs) So anyway... That was great information, though. We appreciate listening. Uh, Thank you all for listening to our Paid to Be Perfect podcast summer series. Know that this is what works for us, but you're you, so take from us what feels right and make it your own, however that looks for you. Ask us questions or give us your ideas for what you want to hear in future podcasts, and please like and follow our Paid to Be Perfect podcast. It's on Apple, Spotify, and Google, or even better, check us out on our Instagram account which now has a link to our podcast in the bio. And we will have other cool direct links of our favorite things that you can access from our IG bio as well. And we will have lots of photos and ongoing tips in the IG stories. And we're also on Facebook and Twitter. So stay tuned for next week's season of season two, Paid to Be Perfect podcast. And keep following for more info about our book, tentatively due out this fall. And remember, you're perfect.